0: Before we start this week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast, we just want to remind you that it is brought to you by our patrons. I want to thank three new patrons this month, or this week, I'm sorry, this week. Matthew Probst, Matthew Shaw, and Jeff Adam for becoming patrons. So you guys have access to our exclusive Facebook group and some other uh, member-only or patron-only content Sorry um, for, from our show. So with that, I also want to do our bullhorn real quick. We only had one announcement this week. It was the new kit, the Patterson I'm sorry. I was reading it incorrectly. The Patterson Inc. Hose Company from Motrack Models. I just want to make sure I was reading it correctly. And um that's a pretty cool kit. It's a new one out from Motrack. It's available now on their site. So we did some Motrack stuff last week. I'll put a show in this sh- I'll put a link in the show description again this week for the new kit from Motrack. If you guys have anything that you want to submit whether you're a modeler or you have some news for a show or anything really, um it's all for free. There's no this is not a paid promotion or anything. It's just a bullhorn that we want to do some announcements with each week to kind of spread the word for new products, new shows, new events, new whatever, Um, completely free way to get your information out there. So you can always email that to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com or brett at hoscalecustoms.com and I will read it off each week for our bullhorn announcements. So with that, let's jump into episode 116. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Bench Time Podcast, another week's gone by, and we're at episode 116. So, this That's
1: a good thing. It's a good thing that a, another week is has. gone by. It has. Yeah. Thank God. Well, yeah. um, we have
0: a special guest. I can hear her laughing already on the other line, uh, Sue Cooley. Uh, so welcome to our show. I'm glad we already have you laughing.
1: Yeah, well, I expected that, too. <laughs>
2: I know you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is good.
0: So we actually first met you in person at um, were you at the expo that we met you at first or was that no the was uh, that at the visit with at George's?
2: Well you guys think it was at the visit at George's, but I did meet you at Expo.
0: Okay. I yeah. just
2: forgettable at that time.
0: No, I, I, I couldn't remember where we ran into you first or not. I, I know we I've, I know I've we've been, been around you a the few times. Expo in
1: Albany. Yes, it was Albany. Yeah, I met her. You were on your run, Brett. Right? You were doing your uh, hundred That's why I, I don't were, remember. I was at the table. Yeah. You <laughs> made me do all the work. Yeah, I did. Yes.
0: Yeah. So we're very familiar with your work, so we're very excited to get into um, a little bit about you as a modeler. Um, so do you kind of want to give us uh, the quick, like the skinny on how you started and what really – like? Got you going as a modeler? Just give us a little bit about yourself before we get started here.
2: Sure, um, you know most people talk about the fact that as kids, they got a train set or something like that and and that is not what happened to me. I remember my older brother getting an American flyer, and the thing I remember most about that was him setting it up at Christmas time and it running around the christmas tree and and the memory I have of that is the smell of the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, you know, I can still smell it if I, as soon as that I start good. talking. It. But, that, um.
1: That was awful stuff. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: And he was the one that always had me clip the top of the little rubbery tube that, uh, the oil came in. Um, cause I got it all over me. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, uh, uh, my older brother, Decided he needed something to do with his grandkids, and he has grandsons, and um, so he decided to buy a train set, and figured he could get involved with that. Well, it became more of something for him to do than something for his grandkids to do, and he got and he's an engineer, so he had to really learn about it. And uh, maybe about ten years ago, he found out about Springfield Amherst. Uh, train club's big show in Springfield, and we only live an hour and a half away. So it was a phone call that said, Can we come down and <laughs> sleep on the, and go to the show? And oh, by the way, why don't you come with us? And we did. And that hooked my husband and, um, came home. And next thing I knew, we were, my, uh, Gary asked me to help him put together, uh, some bench work, which, really consisted of four legs and a piece of plywood and um, he had a little layout going and um, he got his track down and then one evening it was can you come down and help me with this and I walked downstairs and it was ballasting track and so I helped him with that and then I'm looking at this track that's just going around in an oval with a couple of and I said, you really need some buildings and stuff. And lo and behold, it was time for Springfield again. So I started looking at buildings and bought two plastic, a church and a water tower. I came home, and I think I had both of them put together in about a half an hour. <laughs> and I started to see what my brother Jim was doing, and he was working with laser-cut models or kits. And I thought, wow, those are so I'm, the detail and the intricacy of them is just something that really rang a whole lot of bells with me. And the next Springfield we went to, I bought a Banta models kit. Uh, there's a Silverton farmhouse. Oh, yeah. A lot of gingerbread and all kinds of detail on it. And my brother looked at me and said, Really? He said, You're going to start there?
3: <laughs> and I said,
2: It's, it's beautiful.
3: Yeah,
2: And he please, he said, buy a Bar Mills Basics kit. He said, with a couple little buildings in it, he said, you do one, Gary does one. And then I said, no, I said, I'm fine. I got home, opened up the instructions and called him and said, what's yellow glue? (laughs) He said, I'm sending you that Bar Mills kit. He said, once you do that, he said, that do the other from there on, I was hooked with with doing um, laser cut kits and fine scale kits, and and really the whole idea of rolling stock and trains themselves is not where my passion is. It's in the detail of the structure kits. Right.
0: Well, we know that just from talking with you, uh, a few you know the, the handful of times we've been together uh, that you really really spend a ton of time at your bench just. Building and creating, which is.
1: And we've seen your work. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. At,
0: I was scrolling through some of the stuff you have uh, posted, anyways, on your your Facebook, and and recently you just completed a pretty cool project that Goldie Electric Supply, and it's just everything you do is like that. So it it just shows that you're really into the uh, the detail side of it. Now, you do have a train running, right? Yes. So it's is it kind of like the take? Like my dad and I have the opinion of um it's like it's rolling scenery for us just to have it on the layout, correct
2: correct okay and and truthfully, for my husband i mean he will will pick up a couple of locomotives and some rolling stock, yeah, but he also likes the scenery part of the 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 process also, so the train and the rolling stock is there. To add motion to a very large diorama.
1: Right, <laughs> that's what we—that's what we do it for too. And, and we love Gary. He is—he's—you he, know—he's a saint, right? <laughs> People always gonna say that my wife is a saint for putting up with me, but we are determined that Gary is a saint. <laughs> he, he's a he's a quiet reserved kind of guy i notice, and uh he has a lot of smiles and he just kind of watches i noticed when we we're together he you and i are and brett are all conversing and telling jokes and laughing and, and he always kind of just leans back and has a big giant grin on his face it's it's a, it's fun to watch him as we converse and uh and have he'll, he'll chime in a little bit here and there uh it's just it's really uh it's really interesting to see. Uh, He's he's a great guy.
2: It's thank you. He is, he's been, um, uh, he's been a a very special partner in allowing me to do what I do. Um, because this is so far afield from what I ever thought my life would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this has developed not only into something that I have a tremendous passion doing, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: but I've met a couple of gentlemen who have contracted me to build for them. And Gary has looked at this as, well, that's your job now. So (laughs) he's been willing to do laundry, (laughs) to vacuum. (laughs) and to say, "Oh no, you need to be downstairs cuz you have work to do." And it's it's been a very nice switch in our lives because earlier on I was the one that was taking care of the kids and the house and so on, and now he's just kind of eased into he's there's no kids to take care of, <laughs> but he's into um allowing me to be downstairs And spending six or eight hours every couple of days and sometimes in a week, every day, Mm -hmm. to be allowed to work on projects for other people as well as some things for him. Or he comes down and works with me um, for his own layout. But he is uh, definitely a gentle giant and very um, nice to have around able to allow me to oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah Mm -hmm. um but it's been it, it really has been a godsend to have somebody who is as supportive as he is about what i do
1: right and and it's cool i find it's cool to see that you two of you share a passion together and that is something that's i can't say enough of um, it's very important that, that you can do that. And You and I talked, you, you've met my wife as well. And um, I, I can say that we have shared um, our Civil War reenacting history, um, history presentations we give. We did one together last night for a women's club uh, on Civil War um, civilian life uh, and what it was like to be a civilian during the war. Ah, uh, we did last night at a, at a church, um, and, you know. And we do this, and we share this together. It's it, it, it's it's important that you, as a couple, share that together. And it's fun to see that uh, that you can have that passion that you both enjoy so much.
2: Right, and I mean, I have run into an awful lot of couples that it, you know, this is hubby's passion, and the wife is off doing something else. And I really kind of feel. It's kinda of a little bit sad that there isn't a little bit more of a little sharing of it. And I was really happy to see that Lisa had decided to try to build the model the other day.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, she said she like said go, girl. tomorrow. She wants to she wants to sit down and and she's gonna start I guess working it again and uh was gonna keep working at it. So she wants to learn it.
2: you know it's, it's nice to be able to as you say to share a little bit of what your partner is doing and to be able to support them and understand why there is a love for one or the other and i am lucky that gary likes you know it was his love of it that's that got me involved with it he still loves what he's doing um and he's very supportive of the fact that this has bloomed into something bigger for me than just um, a hobby, Um, though it is still that for me because I could walk away from the rest of it and still be sitting here uh, building and painting and detailing and loving every minute
1: of it. Sure. And we saw one of your dioramas that you put together at the Timonium show in the fall, in October. Uh, You Mm -hmm. you entered in into a contest it was fabulous by the way and I loved Thanks. your trees the, the trees I'll be honest with you I voted for it it was my it was my choice and I don't care who else entered their kit and they were listening I voted for yours I loved it and um, it was it was fabulous I loved the pine trees that you did the whole setting was laid out beautifully it was very well done I could tell you put a lot of time in, and love into it it was it was uh, I, I enjoyed it so thank you much. And it was inspiration. Before we continue any further, may you said about Lisa picking up the model, and we talked about that previously on the show. Um, Brett and I were discussing where she first told us that she wants to give it a try and build something. Mm-hmm. Um, was at Timonium, and it was immediately after that. And uh, you were the inspiration, I believe, for that because she saw. The, this is something that you built, and she didn't. It was a it was a female builder, and at the show entered into the contest, did extremely re- well with a beautiful module or a beautiful um, diorama, and it was, um, I, I, it gave her, I think the, the impression that hey, you know what, I want I, wa- I want to try it, and um, good. that's where it came from. So good that because. It-
2: <laughs> me, it truly was another women's modeler th- that got me go-
3: oh, really? saying,
2: wow, I can do well also. Um, I had been, um, I had done a couple, actually, I'd only done two models for the gentleman that I was building for, for and feeling a little... Uh, you know, am I doing this right, a little insecure about my detailing and that sort of thing? And I went to Springfield um, to the Amherst show, and they have the clinics a couple of days before. And I talked to Gary, and I said, you know, I really would like to go and take some of those clinics to just kind of hone my skills. And he said, yeah, you need to. You, you've got a little job going here. You need to do that. So I did. And because for me I could drive up there and drive back. Right. And um I met Fran Hall. Um she and her uh she's an MMR and her husband Miles, also an MMR, um were running the clinics and I had done uh fine scale miniatures are Schram manufacturing. It's uh one of George's kits. Right. And it, 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 I was terrified when I did the kit because I'd never done anything on that level before. And I had it in my car to deliver to the man that I was building for. And when I got to know Fran a little bit through the clinics, I asked her, I said, can I bring it in and just have you look at it? And just kind of, I, any critiquing you can give me, I'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So she said, yeah, bring it in. She said, stick it over there in the corner. She said, I'll take a look at it. Well, little did I know that she had her husband and one other MMR that was there. They actually looked at it on a certificate level for a structure for NMRA. And I got a certificate on that build.
3: Huh
1: oh wow. wow with her
2: with with her encouragement, I joined m m r a and then she's constantly giving me calls and just saying, "Sue, we got to get more women into this this thing. we need more women, we need more women and it was like, "Yeah, we can do this <laughs> and <laughs> The other thing that I have found is that even though this is a very male-driven hobby, mm-hmm. you guys don't care whether there's a woman, woman involved or not. Hell you no!
3: Accept,
2: you accept us for our skill level and our passion for the hobby as if we're one of the guys. And that is absolutely spectacular.
1: Yeah. We, we We love the fact that all people that want to do it are doing it and just enjoying themselves. And, and we want to see every, every young person. We talked about this just prior to the show, actually, Sue. Uh, you and I were talking real quickly. Uh, uh, we said, you know, I, I want to see the, the younger people get into this hobby. I want to see the ladies get into the hobby. I want to see more men get into the hobby. Of course. I just, we want to see it grow. And, and this is a specialized niche of the hobby that it, it's it's intimidating for every you know every person that that is trying to build. I mean, at some point or another, they were slight. I was slightly intimidated when I got into this um, into this aspect of building and modeling. Um, and and you know you realize how fun it was and i think that's what we need to push is to get everybody involved as much as we can we love the fact we i don't care if you're a woman i had the time of my life at both boston i'm sure brett can agree
3: uh-huh.
1: in both boston and in um uh well we went up to see uh, george selious's layout with you and 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 right. gary and everybody else and then again in timonium we spent a whole weekend with you uh, hung out at the at the restaurants and the, and had some uh, 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 some laughs at the uh, at the at the bar afterwards, and, it, and you know it it was it was fantastic. It's not about the sexes uh, in this hobby. It's about the the love of the hobby and what we share with it. I think. Right,
2: absolutely, and the that the, the the word share that you just used. Is this other part of this that is absolutely wonderful? The fact that we have groups on Facebook, this conversation we're having now, uh, YouTube videos, the thing that Jason Jensen is doing now, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the, the idea that if I come up with a technique to do peeled paint or uh, Jason does tar paper roofing in one way, We don't mind immediately going, and maybe it was a mistake that we found that worked really well for doing tar paper or peeled paint or rusting a a set of trucks or something. That all of a sudden we're on Facebook or we're talking on a YouTube video or something. Hey guys, I got the greatest thing since sliced bread to do X, (laughs) Y, and Z, and we're sharing it with everybody. Right. It's not the proprietary thing that nobody else is ever going to find out about. Right. That we love to share what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, is <laughs> this has got to be the only hobby in the world that does that. Everybody else, as soon as they find it, they patent it, and you can't have it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it, it's – um, it, and, and there is another aspect of it is – Everybody accepts what you've done, so no matter, you know, if it's if it's not if it's what you built and you love it, that's what matters, and it's Absolute. not uh, you don't hear the critiquing. I we came from Brett and I came from a uh, from that reenacting hobby, and we were hardcore into it, but we knew a lot of people that we um, we didn't they didn't really critique us on too much. Occasionally, we did when we first got into it, but. Um, you know, it's a very, it's one of those hobbies that's very uh, knock on each other all the time, yeah. and they're and it's very <clears> drama. <throat> it's nitpicky, filled. it's just nitpicky, political. Right, right? Oh, what a crock! Yeah. And uh, and we, one of the reasons why we stepped away from it, we were right. tired of it, and we were like, you know what? Let's just do model railroading. Nobody tells us how to do our stuff. Let's mm-hmm. just get away from this and stick with our model railroading. And uh, the modeling—not even—not not even so much the, mo- the railroading end of it—it it was more the building end of it, and, and and the scenery and the structures. But we we were like you know we we do our own thing. Nobody critiques what we do. We don't have to deal with their drama, their politics, or belonging to an organization. Right. This is our thing. And we found that the whole community is like that, and that's that's what's really really cool. It's you know.
2: it's amazing. I. Um... The very first time I entered anything was just before Timonium, and it was the very first time I had ever gone to any of the conventions, either regional or national or anything, and I went to a regional convention um, here, the uh, the Northeast Regional. Uh And that same diorama that I took to Timonium, I took to the regional. Uh And I said, this, you know, I'm... Fighting the bullet, I'm going to go see what my work, my work is worth um, and what value it has on that level of people. And I brought the thing into the, the contest room, and um, uh, Bob May, no, Ken May, who I didn't know at the time until after we got talking for a bit, is the National Convention Chairman. And he was taking the place of the gentleman who normally does it for the N E R A or N E R. And I wanted to enter it as a large diorama. And he said, Nope. He said I want the two of the buildings that are on there to be entered for certificates for structures. Right. And I said, Hey, you're you know, you know more than I do, so okay. And then he asked me to help him judge the next day as a junior judge, he said, this will teach you about judging. This will teach you what we're looking for and so on. So, are you doing anything tomorrow? And, of course, my head was the size of a balloon. And <laughs> I
3: said,
2: no, I'll be here. What time? eight o'clock in the morning and I show up and I've got a a notebook and I'm going to take notes and everything else. And the first thing he says, well, go over and work with the people that are doing photographs right now. And I did. And any time that a judge had something in a category, they recused themselves. Mm -hmm. And the very next category of photographs, one gentleman stepped out and they looked at me and said, you're judging now. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be. No, you're judging. (laughs) I ended up. The whole day.
3: Oh my! So
2: I, I learned a lot, and I realized that the whole thing was there were some things that we saw that you go, hmm. The painting was not great. Right. Uh, the the gluing you could see glue everywhere and everything and. But never once was there a bad comment put on anything. Right. It was, there was always something positive, and anything that was a negative was always framed as something that was corrective criticism with, next time you just need to be a little more careful with your gluing. So there was always encouragement and always, always, always positivity in everything that was judged. And that's, again, what I liked about the whole aspect of looking at other people's projects and mm-hmm. going, this is their heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And this, is the you know, they're doing their damnedest to do their best.
3: Right. That is and their I'm
2: piece just, of art. That's right. And I just received a book uh, from my brother that's called Model Railroading. As in art,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's all looking at layouts and backdrops and mm-hmm. rolling stock and realizing, yes, what we do is art.
0: Exactly.
2: And, but it's our own way of looking at it. What you think is a beautiful building that might be bright orange with pink polka dots, I could look at and go, mm, not so much. But. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
2: lovely. So I'm going to tell him. Love the color scheme, but you know, maybe I tone it down with some India ink,
0: yeah. Right, right. and it's, and it's uh, construct it's
1: done in a constructive manner. And right. that, that book is Lance Minheim. yeah, and he was a guest of ours,
3: right?
2: That's a good it's book, a, I,
1: it's a great, right? About, yeah, I, I it's have it a great shelf here,
2: so it's a great book, and it's, it's so much. The, and I've done clinics with people, and that's the one thing I've always stressed with people: is do your best, and whatever you're building, it's yours.
0: Have fun, right. own it, yeah. own what? it, what own best? it, and own, oh, it and own it, and own it, and and enjoy the process of of learning to 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 build it the right way and do it the, your way. That's the whole thing, right? So, right. Um, and we'll go, go ahead. ahead. Go, I was just I was going to transition so if you had if you wanted to uh finish up on that go for it.
2: No, I was just going to say that the whole I, again I get back to the sharing thing. Mm-hmm. Every time I do a kit, even though I've done a lot of them, I always read instructions. Oh yeah. I don't care. Still read them because every manufacturer, every designer has a different technique for doing something. Yep. Peeled paint is a great example of that. The one I use is Chuck Stones. Then there's using a sponge. There's using a terry cloth uh, face cloth. There's using rubber cement. I mean, there's a million ways to oh, do yeah. peeled paint. And I've tried them all yep. because I don't ever know when there's going to be one that's better than the one I'm doing. The, and now I think the, that-
1: the one you do, let's get on that real quick. The one you do, I just saw on on the latest model that Brad just told us about, and I talked to you about that as well. Um, mm-hmm. It it was a white clapboard. You painted it white, but it had a gray peeled paint, or the gray. You can see the gray wood behind it, and it was, it looked like real gray wood. I've seen it before. Well, I've done it with a sponge and. And everything and, and uh, the sponge painting to get, kind of give it that look too. And that's fine. Sometimes it looks a little dotted and everybody, you know, in, in some models it looks good. Some models it doesn't. I've tried the, um, the method where you put the scotch tape down on top of it and rip it off kind of like, uh, like a waxing job on a, on your back. Uh, not that I ever had that yeah. done, by the way. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> but you know, you, you know what i mean it, you know and 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 i've tried that i had horrible luck with that one and and some work and some don't for each modeler, i guess it's different what is your method to do what you just did because i honestly have not seen better peel paint effect on a i guess that's an ho scale model of course and yep um i've not seen it at the ho scale level quite like that as well done as what you just did it was very very nice it was like i said on the post it was one of the finest pieces i've seen um of of peeled paint effect i really liked it
2: thank you that i actually learned from uh brett from sierra west mm-hmm. and it was only recently that i found out it was chuck Jones um that he's brett learned it from him Um, It's actually, I spray the uh, clapboard initially with gray primer, just rattle can gray, flat, let it dry. And then I take mineral spirits and I'll take um, a section that's maybe an inch square. Sometimes I'll go a little bit bigger, but an inch square is um, a pretty doable area. Um, because this becomes a timing thing, so it takes a little bit of practice. And if you've got, you know, scrap pieces, a clapboard around, it's a good idea to practice on that. Right. And I will take a wet brush of mineral spirits and just brush over that inch square spot and let it start to dry. And this is the part that everybody goes, Really? A fingerprint? I will take my finger that's dry and touch it to that wet spot. And if I pick my finger up and look at it, and I can see my fingerprint wet on my finger, it's dry enough. It sounds a little weird. And then I take my white paint and paint that area. And I always you paint, thought you that, paint
1: the area where your fingertip was.
2: Right, the okay. area that. One inch
1: square.
2: Okay. Paint that entire area. I can use white, yellow, mm-hmm. uh, tan, uh, sometimes red, like a barn that's been peeling. Sure. Um, and then usually when you're using the lighter colors, you're going to see that it kind of um, looks like it, you're painting over uh, oil because it kind of um, bubbles. Mm-hmm and it takes a couple of brush strokes to make it go down like regular paint right so that it's a flat smooth surface and then i will i always thought jason was kind of crazy in using a hair dryer but i'm finding a hair dryer kind of helps speed things along i'll take it and hit it with a hair dryer until i see that the shine of the paint is just gone and then i put a second coat of the color In this case, white over the top. And again, hit it with a hairdryer until the sheen is just gone. Uh That it's no longer wet looking. And then this is where the scotch tape comes in. Oh. We're going to peel that hair off of (laughs) you. And I take the scotch tape and just gently lay it over the area that's painted. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you push it down hard. right. But, you know, you're like you're sealing an envelope or something and pull it up. You're going to pull all the paint off. You just do it in a couple of areas and gently peel it off and you'll see the paint peeling off.
3: Ah. And you can start
2: rolling how much and in what areas you want to peel it off. But I And that's why I only do these inch spaces at a time because if it gets too dry, it stays. And that's why it takes a little bit of practice to learn how dry you need to get the mineral spirits and how dry you need to get the paint. And uh, very honestly, it's taken me a while to get the technique down, but it's the one I really like because I can actually see and leave pieces of paint that's just
1: hanging. Yeah. Which is what you see when you look at a house. It was real. It looked realistic. It looked like a lot of old buildings I've seen. Uh, in old towns, and we frequent Gettysburg all the time because we're history freaks. And uh, there's a lot of old buildings on the battlefield area that had that same peeling paint effect on A lot of them are painted white because back there, back in the 19th century, a lot of buildings were painted white. That's what they had. You weren't getting I – mean, they had other colors, but that was the most common. I believe it's probably the most common today as well. Um, but right. um, it, you know, But you have now – you have – fancier fancier paints out there that have difficult different chemical reactions that last longer don't peel as much back then you know it, it's what they're it's what they use i see it a lot you know i see it on old buildings everywhere right and, and you oil, captured
2: it. Old oil paint peeled right off
1: yes yes yeah exactly so you you but found it, a way to i'm gonna have to practice it
2: so it just takes a little bit of practice because initially you get Kind, if you if the the what the top coats of paint the white paint or the red paints whatever you use aren't thick enough that's why I do two coats.
3: Okay.
2: It kind of comes off. Um. It doesn't come off with chunks of paint. It just kind of comes off um, marbly looking, almost like you've done it with a sponge.
3: Right.
2: And that's why I don't like the sponge look. Right. So that's, and it it was literally at the very first expo that I went to that I learned to do
1: that. It was really, it was really awesome. And just as awesome on that one, on that particular, uh, build that you just did, uh, was on the other side of the building where you have the brick, it's a white brick and it's not, you didn't make it look like painted white brick. You made it look like the, like somebody built it with white bricks and, Mm -hmm. and. And that's and there are lots of buildings out there that are built with white bricks, but um, nobody models it like that. Right? You know, they model it like it's painted brick, and and it looks ridiculous because your mortar and your mortar and your bricks all blend together, and it looks just like like white painted brick. This does not look like that. You the way you did this made it look like real white bricks. I loved it, and uh, it, it it. that was also unique and not seen very often uh, and, mm-hmm. and gave, it real, gave it a realistic look. Yeah. And,
2: and that was one of those accidents that I <laughs> tried what um, I've done a couple of brick buildings the way Jason does brick buildings by spraying and filling in the mortar first
3: right. and then
2: dry brushing over the top
3: mm-hmm.
2: with the different reds and so on or oranges to get the brick Mm -hmm. And now that I've learned how to do that, I like it. But I decided on that building, I used a rattle can spray of gray again, but I used a little darker gray. And I really don't know what I was thinking of because it was sort of picking up the wrong can of gray Mm
3: -hmm.
2: because I wanted a light gray mortar. And then I started with the white paint. And when I started to see... The contrast between that darker gray and the white—I went, "Ooh, I kind of like this."
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was
2: the accident,
1: right? It, it, well, it, like I said, it looks like it looks like a building that was built because you know how many buildings are out there that are built with white bricks, and nobody ever models it like that, ever. Right. Yeah.
2: So I—I like I say it was a nice, happy accident. <laughs>
0: That's a and good old like Bob those. Ross... That's a Bob Ross thing. They're happy accidents, happy accident. Yes. Right. I'm finished. Well, he, she's oh. finished. Yeah. Well, that, luckily that wasn't on the podcast. That was Your only for... Your daughter's finished. It's only on the Skype call, I promise.
1: Okay. Okay. But, uh... I was going to say, I hear a happy
2: little voice.
0: Yeah, she's finished with her milk. <laughs> That's good.
3: But,
0: uh... Oh. <laughs> but anyways, so... All right. Well, let's pick up over before my daughter t- announced to the entire uh, model railroading community that she was done with her milk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. So now, um, we, we talked a little bit about techniques and such here, but, um, so what do you think it's going to take to draw more women into the hobby? Hoping- How can we capture that?
2: I'm hoping that doing more of this kind of thing, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: letting women know that women are out there doing it and that it's okay to do it. And it's, and that it's, I think women, because I was initially a little afraid of this was that if I was the one of the two partners, the male and the female, that it was me that was more, you know i was the nmra member i was the one that was doing clinics and that it wasn't my husband that that's okay mm-hmm. and but i was afraid that that other men within the hobby were going to ostracize me aha uh-huh. and that was my initial fear mm-hmm. and the very first expo that i went to i met bill uh, right, and he was a, a clinician at the time, and um, I was sitting in his clinic, and I was literally the only woman there, right. and I stupidly sat in the first row, but it ended up not to be a dumb thing to have done, and we all had name tags on, of course, <laughs> and... He started giving his clinic, and then he turned around and he went, Sue. And he started picking on me throughout the clinic. <laughs> and I decided about the second time he did it that I was going to give it back to him as much as he was picking on me. <laughs> huh? I began to realize that he understood why I was there, that I wasn't the wife of either guy sitting next to me. Right. That I was there to learn. Right. From that time on, he was another mentor to say, women belong in this hobby too. And you need to stand up and and let other women know it's okay to be in this hobby. That we want to have you here. Sure. And that as soon as I found that out, I began to start kind of beating my own tooting my own horn, so to sure. speak, to say, it's okay, guys. You know, you can build stuff just like I can. Um, and or better. You guys don't care. <laughs> you can do it. Maybe. Whether you wear a skirt and high heels or not.
0: Right. Maybe. Um, uh, maybe the- you have
2: talents like they do, and they're willing to sit down and share ideas with you. And once I had people who were coming to me or just sitting down and going, oh, what scale do you model? They weren't asking me, "Where's your husband?" Mm-hmm. What scale do you model? I went, "Wow, this is a whole different atmosphere than I'm used to."
0: Right. And what's 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 crazy about it is, uh, you know, you're you're kind of un, not you know, not in a bad way, but it's unfortunate that it had to be a mold that you're, you know, you and a few other female modelers break the mold and and. No one makes a big deal about it. That's what's even cooler about it, though. Like no one cares that no, you, you know, you're a lady and you're in this big expo or you're in this big convention and you're modeling with everyone else. And uh, some, you know, you're probably doing it better than a lot of other people. You know, you're you're building incredibly, uh, and no one no one make no one bats an eye about it, which is awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, even when we went to um, our little pilgrimage to see George. Yeah. um, I can't remember who said something, just as we were going upstairs. I honestly can't remember who it was. Was some of the wives might wonder why you're sticking around. (laughs) And I went, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I said. I'm here to talk to George and you guys
1: <laughs> yeah. right 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 exactly and, you and know. It, it was it was fantastic and fascinating um, and and why wouldn't anybody want to just stay there all day and just check that out? I mean, Right. Especially. You know,
2: and it was sort of that's the first time I've, and I think because it was a smaller group and there were women who were going to be leaving to go do other things, mm-hmm. that they sort of expected, because I think some of the guys didn't know right. me, Ryan, right. to say, Oh, are you going off with the quilters or the museum <laughs> goers or whatever it was? <laughs> going, No.
0: <laughs> I'm here. To I'm here for this. <laughs> well, we'll do better.
1: So, but, um, You're,
2: tell me by the end of the day,
1: well, you were talking about you taking that clinic at the expo and what, what's really kind of funny and you, you don't know this, but, um, well, you, you'll know it here now. Um, you said that you, you met us at the first time and you technically did at Altoona. I mean, not Altoona right. but, uh, Albany. Um, at, but I actually saw you at Altoona for my very first time. In a clinic, uh, on that first Friday, you you were in Altoona, as well. Oh yeah. And you were there taking Bob Mitchell's class on rust techniques. Oh yes. Yeah. And Bob is a funny dude. And oh um, Bob is. Oh. And we were. Sit, I was sitting in there, and you were asking question because everything you just told me is entirely true, as I know I've seen you in action in a clinic, and I was sitting in that clinic as well. And um, he was passing around all kinds of uh, things that he rusted, which is it was actually really cool. And mm-hmm. um, you were asking question after question after question, and I loved it. It was great to see it. And I remember you at that point, and you didn't even know me. So no, wow. I didn't. No, I wish I. Had. <laughs> well, now you do. Now you're now you're like, oh my gosh, we we actually do know them. Oh my word. Oh no. <laughs> we, we may have to that. <laughs> But um, it and, and you know, and I and I thought that same thing. That you know, wow, this is great. That, that she's here and she's into it. You know, because you were the only woman in that room, uh, except for some of a couple of the women, the wives that were standing in the back, kind of tapping her foot, waiting for the show for the that hour clinic to be over. Um, right. You were in this you were in the thick of it right there in the seats with us and uh, yeah that 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 is wonderful and that's what I love to see and like I said uh, i I'm trying to get my wife involved into this and she is taking an interest into it she wants to make a she after she saw you at the contest she wants to build a model she's starting with a small one but she wants to do her own diorama and maybe eventually enter one into a contest at some time. And, uh, and I'm excited about that.
2: My sister-in-law um, Becky has. Um, she started out small too, and actually, um, we both started building at about the same time. Even though my brother had been involved for a little bit longer, and she's um, working on his layout now and doing more things. And I keep encouraging her. To, you know, I said, if I can build something and put it into a contest, you can do the same thing because she does beautiful work too. Right. And funny now, because every once in a while I'll get a call from her going, okay, you told me how to rust with the pan pastels and I've got some chalks too. Can I use them both together? What color do you use for this? Or how did you put that window in? And you know, Or how was it that you dulled up those windows? So it's it's fun now to have another woman who's making phone calls, because I do have some guys that will call and ask for stuff. Right. Um, but it's it's nice to have a lady do it. But I don't want this to get to – I want it to stay the way it is, so that men and women are communicating together about this and not yeah. go – Oh, well, because there's one group on Facebook, and I really, I joined it, and then I, I think I'm going to get out of it, which is called Girls and Trains. Uh-huh. And it's, <laughs> they are what I expected. The men's group, the men's, or men to relate to a female being involved, they are definitely female.
3: No uh-huh. men allowed.
2: And I went, no, 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 no. This yeah. is not the way this should be. Right. It um, should be as involved with the rest of it. But um, well,
1: why would a man be in a group called Women in Trains, Girls in Trains? Right. You know? yeah, it, so, why would they be there to begin with? Um, I that, probably wouldn't join a group like that, not because it's that, because I don't want to be that one guy that stands out and says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, right. well, I want to share the Girls in the Trains group. And I'm that guy who wants to hang out there. So, yeah, I don't no. wanna, that's, it's kind of creepy, actually. You know, right. I think, yeah. <laughs> and, that's,
2: and, and I kind of joined it to see what it was all about. And it was like, no. And I I think I've been in it for two weeks and I'm going to be out of it here in about two hours.
1: There's cause no cause group it's not, out there. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, it's just, it's not conducive to encouraging the whole gamut of things. And I think I need to let them know that girls in trains is fine, but we have a whole lot of model railroaders and Mm -hmm. fine scale miniatures and courtyard and all of them are encouraging trains and modeling and the hobby. Join them.
1: They're not making it a sex thing. I mean, you know, it's not one sex or the other. It's right. when they labeled it that they've already given it that name that makes a man that wants to that goes into it. I just said for example myself, um I won't go into it just simply because you it, you scared yeah, you scared me off on it and that's not how right. it should be It's you know? like boys club no
2: girls allowed
1: yeah, that's silly, yeah,
3: so yeah,
2: it'd be interesting to do it'd be I've interesting to do that.
0: a group where it was kind of a uh like an all inclusive modeling like for everybody just to to make it an an inviting environment for everyone to be a part of you know
2: yeah and i think and i think there's enough of them out there we have a small we call it a, it's just called the train crew and it's just a group of people that, and i am a, literally the only woman involved and these guys do not treat me like anybody else but somebody sitting across the table and it's a matter of maybe i think there's a total of about 50 of us but at any given time it's 15 to maximum maybe 20 people to get together at a time and all we do is sit down and going oh you went to a show what did you learn that's new oh you're working on a train what kind Oh, you're building a building. Well, what kind of techniques? Are you? And we're just sharing ideas. Mm-hmm. And they don't care who it is or what it is. It's the fact that we're sharing ideas
0: about the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. you we see that a guy lot. Guy You see that a lot with the um, some of the more advanced modeling groups that are out there uh, on Facebook, at least. Uh, you know, the, the FSM group that's out there, and uh, a few of the other. More Did craft- you say
1: S and M group?
0: No, FSM, the Franklin oh. South Manchester group.
1: I thought you said S and M group. The F- S and M group, yeah, that one. I was like, hey, I don't belong to that. Yeah,
0: my dad's part of that one. No one else is in there. But um,
2: administrator. He's in the. There go. Whips and chains excite him.
0: <laughs> like that. I don't know what that pop song was, but okay, he's into that. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, uh, my dad just thanks for making it weird, but um. <laughs> No, you see that with you see what Sue was talking about. You see what Sue was talking about with a lot of the more advanced groups that are out there. Not advanced, but more like involved groups that are out there where, you know, no one really no one really it's not even really an issue. You know, it's just everyone participating. So I wanna get I wanna get into something a little bit different here. Um, I want to switch the topics up just a little bit, and I want to get into a little bit more about your preferences for building, if you want to do that. Okay. You cool with that?
1: I got a question first before we go any further. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a beer right now?
0: No.
3: Do
1: I have a beer right now? Yeah. No, I have a margarita. Uh, okay. <laughs> a day. margarita, all right. <laughs>
2: Bring the beers. I bring the margaritas. There you go.
1: Okay, good. That's good. Um, <laughs> all right. So
0: there we go. That's your
3: question.
0: All right. So I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, your preferences for uh, model building. So, like, I'm going to kind of run down through a bullet list, and you can you can expand upon it on these at any point. So. Um, w- Obviously, you like to work with craftsman kits, so we don't really need to talk much about that. But would you prefer to build like the, uh, sm- you know, larger industries structures, or do you like small, de- small structures that you can pack a lot of detail into? Like, what, what's your preference on 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 a building type if you were going to pick one? Like, if, what's your favorite type of building?
2: Um, I tend to like to build. Um... Uh, residential, um, in, um commercial, oh no, I don't want to say com- commercial storefront kind of things, um, that I can, um, I shouldn't say residential because a house is a house. Um, so it's going to be, um, small industry, not large industry. Things like um, a broom factory or um, a small um, furniture factory. Things that would be in a small community, Mm -hmm. so that it's not something that, um, like a coal mill or not a coal mill, um, an oil in you know an oil. uh, Right. So, kind oil, of like industri-
0: industries you'd see in a small town, like uh, little shops or or right. s- smaller right. smaller factory buildings you would see in a small town that would fit within a small town.
2: Right. Because to me, there I can do a lot more with detail, and if I want to kit bash it a little bit by adding a sheds or making a second story or, um, you know, this is a, it, this started out as a Mom and pop hardware store that developed into a um, nuts and bolts factory that I can then expand on a little bit then that's the kind of thing I like to deal with more than anything else
0: um. okay no that makes sense it's- kind of, it's it's neat when you drive through the Pennsylvania area uh like Carlisle mainly where I live in my area Carlisle Mechanicsburg a lot of those old towns have uh you know old shops where the front maybe the front part of the building is more storefront and the back right. part of the building is more of a not a factory but uh you know it's where they did all the work it's where they made their the goods that they're selling in the front um right so so we
2: Exactly
0: and I think that's more. That's very common in, in your area, too. It's very much like our area. We're, we're not New England, but we're still part of the Northeast, where you get a lot of those small-town um, industry buildings.
3: Right.
2: Right. And that's – yeah, and it's definitely um, driven because of the area I live in. I mean, we, we still have the original witch, witch hazel factory that's 20 miles away from us. We have buildings around us that were thread factories, and they're small – Lace factories that were yeah. small
0: um, um, like, because I hate they use the word mills, but like around us uh in Carlisle has a couple of buildings that are like two story uh two story brick old brick mills, and they're not huge, ex- they fit, but they fit within a town
2: exactly right. and they are old mills and and uh, there's enough uh, waterways around us that we've got. Two, maybe three story max, but they're usually two stories, and there's a waterway next to them that was producing power for that mill. Um, and not necessarily, a, there's a couple of them that I can go by that still have the water wheel existing, but most of them were little hydro plants that were within this little dam that's right next to the mill.
3: Okay.
2: And it's that kind of – those kind of mill buildings that I like to do or, as Brett was saying, a storefront that has um, a little bit bigger building in the back that would have been um, building or making the product that the storefront is selling, uh, similar to Bar Mills' uh, Ghibli Furniture Factory.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, or some of the south – I mean – the South river buildings mm-hmm. um, his mo- the South River Model Works buildings um, that that kind of uh, structures I really enjoy building
1: right and that's kind of like the the new Jeff Grove building with the uh the uh, I hate to say it the Wiley and son. Uh, <laughs> um, building it has a storefront in the one part of it, and then it's got the yeah. Kuzwick pencil factory, yeah. and you know, and same and, kind of deal. Uh, uh, I love that look.
2: Yeah, and that's on my shelf to be built.
1: <laughs> oh, nice.
0: <ours> well,
3: too.
0: <laughs> all right, I got one more question, and then I'm gonna actually, we got a bunch, we got- a, we got a bunch of patron questions here, so, and they're actually, they're pretty good ones. So, uh. I mean they're always they're always good, but these ones are pretty good. So uh, I wanted I want to ask one more thing of Sue, and then we're gonna jump into our patron questions. So Sue, I wanted to I know you do a lot of builds. We've talked before. Um, you do a lot of contract work, and uh, you do work for your own stuff too. But if you had to pick, yeah, you know, one thing to do, whether it's structures or painting detail parts or um, whatever it is, what is your favorite part? Of like working at your workbench, what's your favorite thing that you enjoy the most? Like, you get the most pleasure out of
2: the little tiny details. I don't mind painting castings, I love doing the weathering. Um, and um, when I have the time, I really enjoy just kind of losing myself uh, working on Gary's layout and being able to do landscaping because there I can feel like I can just kind of let myself go and um, totally get immersed in developing a scene um, between the uh, foliage and the uh, people, the vehicles, and all of that, because I can let my mind go completely, and by the end of it, I have a whole story told about uh, six inches square on his layout, and if somebody comes in and asks what's going on there, I can spend an hour telling you exactly what's going on in that six that inch is square. That's
0: so cool. That's very much like how my dad... Uh, I am. Lo- I love the it. Mean, I mean, I do as well. But I think I work a little faster than you guys, probably. So I'm, I'm like, I'm always on the next thing, and I'm always on the next thing. Uh, yeah. My dad spends a lot of time focusing on like just a tiny little area, and I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm learning. I'm learning to do it a little better. Yeah, you're but,
1: doing it more too. You know, right?
0: like, it's you got to yeah. learn how to slow down.
1: I just so. spent a whole night making a hot dog cart for a sidewalk. It took me all night to build it. It was a laser cut hot dog cart, and yeah. I put it up on Facebook. And I got it from uh, Model Tech. I don't know if you ever ordered anything from Model Tech. uh, Oh, yes. I I saw it on Model Tech and I ordered it and it came and I was like, oh, this is disappointing. I expected a little more. I thought it was more of a casting type thing. And it it came, it was a laser cut thing on cardboard. And I'm like, oh, no, this is awful. This is going to be absolutely awful. I've never, you know, detailed painted cardboard, uh, laser cut cardboard, had to put every little panel piece together and and every little tiny um there's a there's a like a rack where the hot dogs would sit in the you know it's like a little it looks like a little house that sits on top of the cart and it has where the rollers would be with the hot dog spin and it has a little roof on it looks almost like a little birdhouse and I'm like that's just silly and, and I started putting it together and painting it and I was, and, and I spent most of the evening cuz it was very very tiny intricate work and uh and I put it together and I was like, that was really cool. And and you know, I detailed it and painted it a little different than what the picture was. And right. um, um but then I got to doing it and there was a little man. I had I had to have a hot dog guy, you know, selling hot dogs. Yep. So I'm digging through my box of prizer figures and stuff, unpainted painted Pri- prizer prizer figures, and I found this fat bald guy with an apron. <clears throat> And I was like, oh, he's it. That's the guy, man. You know, he's gonna be this grumpy guy, and he can pose his arm, you know. So I'm posing his arm to make it look like he's lifting the box where the bun the rolls are at, and uh, the the box is open to. And I love, just like you said, I can sit there all night and lose myself in that one little scene, you know, yeah. just trying to make it happen. And that was so cool, you know. And, and, and I've seen that in your work. Where you know w- that you've posted already, and that you know you you focus on that little small detail part till you get it where you want to tell a story, and that, I, and absolutely.
2: Um, I, I before you grab the other questions that you want to ask, I I just wanted to make one comment. Um, the one thing that I've enjoyed about the contract work that I do is um, one gentleman that I build for is he has a great knowledge of model railroading and he has, he used to build himself for other people and he could very capably be building everything he has, but he has such a large layout and he's a real perfectionist. And so he does, he's concentrating on computerizing and signals and all that other stuff. And it's just, (laughs) you know, he's got so much, it's like, okay, I'm going to get somebody else to help me build structures But he has challenged me so many times with, oh, I'm giving you this building, this building, this building, and oh, by the way, here's this building. And I'm looking and that's where he's its given me the ability to challenge myself to learn different things because I went from bar mills kits to a fine scale miniature kit to South River kits Mm -hmm. to Sierra West kits to, oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm putting together a Walther's kit, Cornerstone. <laughs> you know? And then it's back to um, custom model railroad, 36-inch tall kits,
3: uh-huh. um,
2: Jordan cars. And right now, I have never done this before. What's on my workbench right now? Just because you had mentioned that earlier. Yes,
1: what is on your workbench?
2: is a Keystone Locomotive Works. Barnhart loader.
1: I have never I built a Keystone model works. They are intricate.
2: Right. I have a Barnhart loader and I also have a Shea locomotive to do for him.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
2: So I'm constant he's forcing me to constantly learn. Yeah. So that's been a joy for me to be able to And he trusts me. It's here. Do it. If it doesn't work, it's okay. He's a great guy to work for. Um, So I'm lucky in that regard.
1: And and by you know you're trying different things all the time. And you're right. right. You're you're learning different techniques all the time. Not because you well of course you want to, but you almost had to. And and um and then also uh I it's you you mentioned earlier. When you read the directions thoroughly through, a lot of them will have hints and tips. A lot of them are written by uh, some amazing modelers themselves. Doug Foscow, for instance, in oh, yeah. his in his directions, he'll give you little tips and hints that you would have went, you know, as much as we've modeled, we haven't modeled that particular model by that particular modeler. And he right. may have directions that or hints in it that he has in none of his other kits, but it'll be in that one. They're unique and yeah. you'll learn that new technique from him or you'll learn a new George George hints are incredible in his directions. Oh my oh. word. Yeah. Um, yeah. insane. And same with South River. Oh. And oh, yeah. you know, you're gonna pick up so you you know, people balk at the price of a kit of uh, you know, they're gonna go, Oh, three hundred, four hundred dollars. Well, you know what? That may be okay. But the value <laughs> you're getting is yeah.
2: It's a college education.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. It is in a way because you're not just getting a really cool kit with a lot of super details and a lot of parts and it's very intricate and and, and it's going to take, it's going to take some experience to get it built. However, no matter how experienced you are, as you're reading those directions, you're picking up new hints and tips and things that you probably never thought of. And um, you're right. It's a college education. It's that you're learning something and each one's different. So,
2: yeah. Absolutely. So, sorry,
1: I on a rant there.
2: I well we're, we're I just, used to
1: your rants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Brent, I'm sorry. I just had to get that in there. No, this, no, that this,
0: was this, good. Uh, that was great. That's one
2: that's one advantage of what I've been doing. So, well, you're yes,
1: so you never have to apologize for talking. We want you to talk. It, it's the uh <laughs> that's the idea of this. I'm the one to hijack your c your, your comment. So all so right. You said
0: you had some We do have some patron questions.
1: Let's do
0: that. So, um, our patrons, as everyone knows, get exclusive access to ask us or our guests questions each week. So, we have a few questions here. We're going to run through them and, um, kind of do a little bit of, of a rapid fire, but not like you don't have to give me one word answers, you know, but, uh, you know, we're going to go through these here. So, the first one is from Dan Pugach. What is your favorite – these are all for Sue. Uh, what is your favorite part of structure building process? Um, is it coming up with paint scheme, making signs, painting castings, making the structure unique, whatever it is. So when you're doing structures, what's your favorite part? Uh,
2: the, the detailing of the structure and uh, painting the castings. I I really enjoy just looking at a a structure and deciding where the rush should go, where the highlights... Where they naturally
0: age, stuff like that. Right. And you can tell a story with it when you have a building that that you can start to age and weather and add character to, bust up some boards. Exactly,
2: and I mean, there are times you look at a building and go, hmm, this one's a little more on the modern side and maybe it doesn't need as much detailing because... It you know it was built a year and a half ago instead right.
1: of forty years ago. Right. Yes. Hey, on that note, um, when you're pa- when you're doing your castings, uh, we, it was a subject we had the other week. Um, do you wear uh, a Optivizer?
3: Uh n-
2: No, I'm totally blind, so I have um, two <laughs> um, magnifying lights that I use, and then mm-hmm. I have the big. That have halogen lights and then a great big magnifier in the center. Okay. So I have both lights on all the time, and then I pull one down to make it uh, to use the <laughs> magnifier in that.
1: So you use a magnification of, of source as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. See, Brett, we all have to do that. I'm sorry, Brett. Eventually, eventually I will. Eventually, your eyes out also.
0: Eventually. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. Yes. Uh. Um, all right. All right. On. Our next question is from Scott Perry. How has being, how has been? I'm oh, sorry, there was a typo, and I read it word for word. How has being involved in a large model railroad club affected your modeling?
2: Um, I'm actually not involved with a large modeling railroad club, except the whole universe of modeling. Um, I. That's have a
0: good answer. A I like that actually. All. We're all in a, we're all in the biggest club.
2: Right. Um, and I'm going to look at it in those terms because I, my husband's involved in a very small club in upstate New York that my brother belongs to. Um, that got me to the point where my brother one time said, you know, I really love the work you're doing. We've never done this before. Would you consider giving a clinic? And I did. I thought, yeah, what the heck? He's never done it before. I've never done it before. If it fails, it fails. If it doesn't, what the heck? If it does, it's good for them. It's good for me. I've been doing clinics for them for six years now. I'm now doing clinics on a regional level. So it's something that's helped me grow. But if I look at the whole hobby of model railroading, the thing that has done for me, and I hope is me doing this or me just modeling, the fact that we share ideas, that my working on this Barnhart Loader, I can put it out on Facebook, on FSM Group, or the Courtyard, or Model Railroading, or any of the, or even NMRA. And say, hey, guys, I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z with this loader. Has somebody got an idea to help me? Because I don't know how to do this. I know I'm going to get 150 answers about yep. how different ways of handling what my problem is. Right. And it's the camaraderie and the support that I get from all of the modelers out there.
1: Yep. Nice.
2: Nice. So, being a part of the biggest modeling group around um, is very helpful.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, it's 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 limitless. Every day there's more people too. So
1: and some of the comments that you get when you ask for questions and or they they pipe in and you know try and help out. If you get a ton of them, it's always fun to read them because there's always like well, one it's or like two.
0: the 80-20 there's... rule. It's like eighty yeah. percent of them are constructive yeah. and good, and the other twenty percent,
1: the other, 20%, you know? the other twenty, me. there's either a joke in there, not whether they're picking on you, or not where they're busting on your modeling, okay, or or busting on what your you know, your question. It, it just they everybody knows how to tease and have a little fun, and, and there's a good camaraderie that way in this in in our sec, our niche of the high Right, there's in, a lot of in the craftsman, a lot of inside right. jokes. Yeah. With each yep. other, right? And so. you know,
2: I mean, how many times I've heard somebody go, "How do I attach the wall to the floor?" And somebody's going to say, "Glue." Yeah. Oh, no? and it's yeah. it, so and then yeah. you get ten answers about what kind of glue. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't even start that debate with the type of glue. But um,
2: no, no, I can show you a shelf, but I don't know how many. Types of glue.
0: <laughs> all right, we got another question. This one is from Dazzy J in Australia. So he wow. wrote it, he wrote it all upside down. But um, he says, uh, <laughs> "Hi Sue, what's I'll your f- try to say it upside down?" There you go. What is your favorite aspect of the hobby? and that one that you're most passionate about. And I think we kind of touched on that, but if you want to kind of quickly highlight that.
2: I think it's the camaraderie. I really have to say it's the people.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I mean,
2: I, I, ha- I, love, the, I love the detail work. I love the structure work. But really, uh, when all is said and done, I love the ability to walk into a room be standing at a vendor's booth or looking at a diorama and I can start a conversation with the person next to me and we both have the same love for what's going on and we can sit there and talk for half an hour and don't know each other's name, but we love the
0: same thing.
1: Yep. I'll agree with that entirely. I'll second that. Yep. So, all right.
0: Next one is from Matthew Hankins. He is asking, Sue, what is your dream kit? What kit have you admired and would really just love to acquire and build? Like your bucket list. Top of your bucket list.
2: South River Model Works Reesley's
0: Paper Company.
1: Oh, that's a cool one. That's a huge kit. That's a fun one. That's one of my favorites too. Oh.
2: I've built it once, but I want to own it and built it, build it for myself.
1: <laughs>
0: so you have built it. It's still your dream kit, though. Oh, yeah. Nice. What? Oh, so yeah. tell us a little bit about that build real quick and why you loved it so much.
2: Well, um, reading the instructions was like reading the Bible um, because it was so thick. Uh I've never had a kit that just between that was one that was like okay it said to do you know attach A to B but it was a little more detailed than that and A to B just went right together and it fit perfectly and there was no jockeying around with it or anything like that and it just all kind of floated together when I had walked into it going, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. It's going to be awful. Nothing's going to work. I learned so much from building that kit. I can wire a transformer now. Who'd have guessed?
1: Right. I
2: could a transformer and get the lines off the transformer to the building. And now I can't remember the something head on the top of the building and yes all of that yes I mean that's what you just I learned so much I learned to lay track
0: Mm -hmm. if you guys were if you guys were just wondering what that beep was um, my smoke alarm was going
1: off what was that noise?
0: It was my smoke alarm. It
1: was <laughs> your smoke alarm. Oh, my
0: God. We're good. We're good. We're good. I'll sit here and the house will burn down around and here,
2: me. If you need to evacuate, that's fine. The, I'll podcast, talk to your folks. Yep.
0: the podcast must go on. I'm going to. my ha- you can my,
1: see is one of my granddaughters no. <laughs> pulling a torch up to <laughs> no. the fire alarm or something. Standing no. The no, now. it's not
0: that. We're cooking noodles. Oh, okay. So it's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, they, no. Continue. That's, it,
3: it just,
2: there was, they were little things to learn. I learned to build a trestle. And having learned that, when Gary decided to enlarge his layout, and then he decided to do an incline, and he goes, Oh, wouldn't the trestle be nice right here in the corner on a curve? I said, Yeah. You could do that, couldn't you? And I went, yeah, I guess so. And his layout has a trestle in the corner on a curve, and I did it. And the only reason I could do it was because I had learned to do it from that kit. Right. So, you know, that's, but it, it just is such a sweet kit. And, I mean, the curves of the roof and the angles of the...
0: Yeah. It is a lovely kit. It's a it's an awesome structure and it's cool. And any of those old iconic ones, I know what you were saying how you were talking about the the just the depth that the detail of those instructions goes into. A lot of those older iconic structures or or kits that you know the, they're just incredible to read them. So right.
2: it's a, it's a whole I mean, it's a I've... whole
0: course reading right that kit in the instructions for that kit. Right. And the
2: the one kit that I am I have two South River kits on my shelf, and the one that I am dying to get into when I have a spot on Gary's layout for is O.V. Hooker, mm. um, and and that and that one is just because there's so much going on on both the front and the back side of it, and stairways that go into a mountain, and it's just oh,
3: wow. there's
2: just so much. But then he keeps looking at me and going, Gary does, and saying, it's so big. And I'm going, yep, it's going to take that whole
3: corner of your layout. <laughs>
2: That's going to be my corner of your layout. <laughs>
1: have have uh, have you ever tried to uh, do any scra- Have you done any scratch building?
2: Oh, yes. I've okay. done quite a bit of scratch building, actually, f- uh, for um, my clients, mm-hmm. two of them. Um, and they, <laughs> as much as I hate, I, I don't hate industrial buildings, but I, I don't like industrial buildings that are more big city, big, big industrial buildings. Right. That are these five, six story things that are. Well, when they end up being completed in HO scale, they're like 16 inches long and 12 inches tall, and there's like a bazillion windows. <clears throat> and that's the kind of thing that I've ended up doing is backdrop buildings that are these big, long, um, industrial buildings and, <clears throat> um, and then doing or doing like half something that size, and then doing smokestacks and adding a, a or starting with a, a simple brick building that might have been the the main um, factory to start with, and then it's the, you know somebody's added a part of it and another part of it, and so it's, you're dealing with brick and concrete and clapboard and
3: mm-hmm.
2: little sheds and stuff to do these long uh, backdrop buildings and um i do, and i've had to design them and then build them and i'm just not um i'm not as thrilled with doing those because there there's not as much detail to me All right when it's the flat building with a lot of windows sure um if um i like um i would prefer being able to do something that could be Um, what is it, seltzers, cold storage I think is a bar mills kit Mm -hmm. that it has more, I call it texture, but there's more detail to it.
1: There's,
2: it's a backdrop building, but there's depth to it and different
1: Different angles and uh, yes, I I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about.
2: And I mean, it does fill that size, sort of size building, but it's mm-hmm. just it's a little less modern, right. and that's my old time New England
1: upbringing. Right, sure. And I and I, you know, we keep saying uh, we said that with other guests as well, how a lot of these buildings are New England, and and it's I think it's a little more broad scoop than that. I've seen uh, art. Arts bar mill kits and and Doug's uh you know Foss-scale model kits and 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 Hal Reynolds kits and they all have that that everybody says well they got the New England theme. But they, they don't it's not just a New England theme. I, I it those same buildings can be found down here in you know in the towns in Pennsylvania or Maryland, especially along anywhere along the coast from North Carolina up, you're going to find that same architectural style. And, um, you know, and that, and I, we talked about that with Jeff Grove already. He has some kits that are from new England based, but you could put them in any setting in any town around on the East coast. And you're going to get that, you know?
2: Right. I, you know, I've also done some smaller buildings to just do, um, Little buildings to be tucked in between um other buildings that are scratch built um scale houses and shacks and that kind of thing that are just scratch built and those are like the one night deals
3: yeah <laughs> like,
2: um easy things um sure i have I'm just starting to do or I'm just starting to feel like I can do some kit- real kit bashing and adding and um a little bit more Jason Jensen kind of stuff. He's,
0: he's a, um, a real, um, he's kind of in his own little league there with kit bashing.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, he's, it's nice to have someone including you, Brett Mm -hmm. of your ages that are involved in the, um, hobby that it's, when you go into a room, it's not all gray hair.
0: Yeah, it's a different perspective. <laughs> it's a whole different perspective. So,
2: right. You know, I mean, the way Jason looks at things, his color ways are so very different yes. than the traditional look of a lot of layouts. Mm-hmm. It's brighter, but that also comes from his. It, it comes um, from his
0: background of illustration. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The, his whole illustration work. Yep, it's just a um, different
0: eye for it.
2: Right. And it's a fresh look at it. And that's that's the neat thing again with a hobby is everybody has a different eye mm-hmm. for what's going on. That's why you can't criticize somebody else's work because that's the way he looks at it. Sure. Exactly. Or she looks at it.
0: Okay. So. All right, I got another question from Ron Piskel, and I think you met him at the Timonium show. Um but he's asking, since he never got a chance to ask you about your awesome trees that were on your contest diorama, can you talk a little bit about those trees? Um, and he's also asking, basically, you have a good eye for composition. Uh, do you have any formal art training in that?
2: Okay. I'll start with this. Well, all right. I'll start with the training. I really have – I've had some basic art courses. Um, I took a couple in college, but they were like electives. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's nothing that's been real training. Um, I've always enjoyed, um, needlepoint and sewing and, um, photography, um, My mother used to say I drove her crazy even as a kid. I wanted a camera when I was very young and instead of if I was taking I would get crawl around on the ground and take pictures of flowers and bugs and things like that but I never did it in a normal way. If I was taking pictures of flowers I wasn't taking pictures of the front of the flowers. I was doing things kind of artsy by taking pictures of the back of the flowers. So I've always kind of looked at things a little differently. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just something within me that's allowed me to look at things and um, been able to compose things and um, understand color and things like that kind of naturally but my mother was kind. It was artsy, also as far as that's concerned. She knit, she sewed, um, yeah, and she she ran a craft store, so she always had. There were always things like that around. You were around you it. Can, so there were there was always art kind of things around us, but it was never really anything that was um, fine
1: detailed art. <laughs>
2: trained. Yeah, but you, so, you but kids. you
0: grew up around um you know it sounds like you grew up around uh, an I environment that around- was crafting and and in promoting kind of the creativity of it.
2: And and I mean, my mother was also somebody that if we were out for a walk, she was somebody that would go, "Oh wow, look at the color of those leaves," mm-hmm. or. God, isn't the sky beautiful? Look how the blue goes from really light to very dark. Or look at the color of the clouds. So she was always bringing yeah. the colors and nature and making all of us kids, not just me, look. There, I have three brothers that to look at our surroundings and notice things. Go uh-huh. um, so for walks in the woods, and she was constantly picking up pine cones and twigs and. You know, look at the color, of the bark. So those are looking at nature and things like that. It's always come so
1: giving you a perspective of texture and color. Yeah,
2: right, right. So it was something was just I was taught from a family thing, not from a school thing. Well, and
0: and and some people are just even without formal training are born with uh, the knack, a knack, a knack to just be creative and, and talented as far as, uh, you know, drawing or whatever it is that you're into mm-hmm. building structures or doing dioramas and scenery, whatever it is, painting, um, whether right. you're good at painting, you know, commercial art or you're good at painting, uh, on a canvas cause you bought one at Michael's cause you just like to paint. Some people are just born with a natural, uh, eye for creativity. And and I, it sounds like it sounds boasting. like especially your. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say I'm not boasting, but I think I was lucky enough to kind of be blessed with that ability. Yeah.
1: Sure. Absolutely. You it. have to. You
0: have to have had. You have any of us? Any one of us that does this has to have had been born with that a little bit because you know otherwise we wouldn't have ever had any interest in doing it and we wouldn't have the skill. You don't have the skill by accident. No one has the skill by accident.
2: No. I mean, I, you know, because sometimes you look at somebody who's painted a building and it's bright, bright blue with bright, bright yellow trim and then maybe brown on
3: it. Right. And
2: you, and you kind of go, uh, well, the idea of the blue and the yellow are okay, or the blue and the brown are okay, but it all needs to kind of be toned down and muted, and you could, you know, those right. are colors you could work but the ones you picked are, um, whereas we could look at those three colors and go, yeah, those will work, but we need to work them softer, or an- another shade of blue, or another shade of yellow, or right. not... Brown, but tan, and that kind of thing. Right. So yeah.
1: And Definitely. then there's some people out there that could take that bright blue and that yellow, and and I'm guessing that a, a person like Jason would be one of those people. And oh could, yeah, and and, and they can make that work where we couldn't. Right. <laughs> you know, classically
2: it, trained to make well, no, he hasn't really been classically trained. He's because yeah. he did a little bit, but not completely, but he's been using those colors enough that he knows how to make them work.
1: Right.
0: Sure. He knows what to do to them to make them look appropriate. So let's get into the, let's get into the other side of it. Let's get into those trees that Ron was talking about.
2: Okay. I, I, these trees, and this is something that the general, one of the gentlemen that I built for has told me about. These trees originally were designed by the, the Campbell model company. And what they used to do was when you bought a candle kit, you got a tree and all the stuff to build the tree in the kit. And then it got to be too much, so they stopped doing it. This was a long time ago. So there's a gentleman um, who has brought it back and... So I wish it was my idea to do it. I was going to try to to do them myself, but I honestly bought the kit. The company is called the scenic factory. And he goes to a couple of shows. He was supposed to be at the Amherst show in Springfield, but he was not there because I was going to buy a bunch more trees. Um, And, but he does work off of his website which is the scenicfactory.com um, and the trees you get two in a kit um, they're 20 bucks for two so they're not inexpensive and you get a piece of is basswood the one that's softer than balsa
1: wood
0: no i think balsa uh, is softer
1: no soft, Salsa, is softer. Is, softer.
0: Yep. Salsa
2: is softer. Salsa softer. <laughs> Salsa. I never can remember. So the, it's made out of a... They, he takes a balsa... Balsam. Balsa wood dowel. And he puts it on a lathe and he makes it like a, a wand pointed. And then he has um, some kind of a... Uh, he scrapes it up so it looks like uh, bark. And then he has... Uh, some kind of a, a, a textured, uh, uh, textured paint that he puts on them. And he has them in different colors, the, the, um, trunks, um, a couple of different browns. And then you can either buy spruce, pine, or distressed pine, and six inch, eight inch, ten inch, or thirteen inch trees. And they're, they're simple to make, but, like, actually they probably take about an hour to an hour and a half to build one. And, but once you figure out how the thing goes together, it really starts, you really start moving on them. The first one, I think, took me about two hours. And all it is is the base of the tree trunk is square, and he has you make a jig with two pieces of wood and a clamp. And you clamp the base in the two pieces of wood and set it down on a table. And he gives you a T-pin and you just uh, poke a hole in the tree. And he gives you all the fern and they're all live, um, or natural fiber or fat, uh, natural, um, ferns mm-hmm. that he has with glycerin and colored huh. you poke a hole dip the end in the some white glue that he gives you and stick it in the hole and you build from the bottom up and wow. build tree and just go around I say it's tedious and it's time-consuming I sit and watch television and build the trees yeah um, and I really had not I like this Now that I've built the spruce trees, I tend to like the spruce trees, which were the heavier green ones that were on the diorama um, than the lighter, uh, fluffier uh, pine trees. But they really add so much to a diorama or a layout that I finally just said, I'm biting the bullet and I'm going to buy a bunch, and that's what I put on the diorama. And those will come out, and that whole thing is going to go on Gary's um, layout. But the problem is, is he harvests all of this stuff wherever he lives, and then he he does everything by himself, so he is constantly running out of things. He either doesn't have the ferns, or he has to wait until the ferns are the right age for him to pick them, Um, and I think that's what happened, that he didn't have enough product to bring to Springfield. Right. and I was, um, I really want to get back and, uh,
1: get online. I'm looking at his it. site right now. It's pretty incredible stuff.
2: It's beautiful. He mm-hmm. does.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm the, fascinated with these trees. I'm fascinated with all that stuff.
2: Is, I mean, they're gorgeous. They really are gorgeous. And he does and it's have. Preserved.
1: It's preserved.
2: Right. And I mean, you can handle it. It doesn't break. It's soft. Um, and there's enough left over that you could um you can buy just trunks. I've got two or three trunks and I've got enough left over to do like two or three more trees with just the leftovers. Um and the other thing that you can do and this was um one of the other vendors um he actually just closed up his business, but he makes them himself, and he takes a cedar shake and splits it by into three-eighths-inch sections, whittles it down to a pencil point, so it's a long wand-like thing. Yeah. He dips it in stain. The cedar's not going to go bad on you. No. And then he and he does the same thing, and he gets. Um, he'll go to a um, a craft store and find fern that's been preserved. He'll spray paint it any color green that he wants it, and he does his own oh, wow. by just sticking a pin in the cedar and gluing the see c- the you know cutting different lengths of fern until he gets the pine tree look. Oh, nice! So He's you broke. can do it. On- own it's just you're gonna have to do the shaping of the right and yeah. i actually had some cedar here that i was gonna try to do it myself but i got lazy before the <laughs> um doing the um diorama and said i'm just gonna do it myself i love Bye. it
0: i love this um we're gonna have to see if we can try some of these dad
1: Oh yeah, you yeah, to yeah, find definitely. Him. I'm looking at it right now. Now, I had to put the phone down. I I was looking at on my phone while she was explaining it to me and I uh, I had to put the phone away because if I don't I will, I'll be I'll be drawn to that and I won't be able to concentrate. So, I'm like a little yeah. kid. I had to pull things away from my hands. So, yeah, let's like, get Stop in looking. Let's get into yeah, the next it was ADHD or whatever for me. No,
0: that's good. We all have a little ADHD. <laughs> um we – let's get into the next question here. This is from Bob Johnson. So this is less about modeling but more about um, what we were talking about a little bit earlier as far as kind of being – breaking the mold and uh, you kind of being a – you as well as a few other female modelers being a pioneer basically in in craftsman world for female modelers. And Bob is asking, have there been any challenges, rewards, or humorous moments, please, if there were – any more of this And you shared one earlier about uh you know being in the clinic up front row uh, if um, anyways humorous moments associated with being a model a woman in the in the craftsman modeling hobby so challenges rewards, or humorous moments associated with being a, a woman or a female in the model building hobby I really
2: haven't run into any real challenges because that's the one thing that surprised me is I wasn't the what I thought were going to be challenges was trying to break through what I thought was going to be a glass ceiling. There's no ceiling at all um, because I've been accepted wherever I've gone. Um, I think the m- most humorous thing that happened to me was um whole idea of the Um, NER conference or convention that I went to and um, when I was asked to um, be a a, a judge uh, excuse me a a junior judge and um, then ended up judging all day long. This started at 8 o'clock in the morning. We were supposed to be done judging around 2 in the afternoon and my husband, of course, was there, my brother and his wife were there, and every once in a while, I'd look up and I'd see one of the three of them at the door to the um, contest room, and I would give them a high sign to just get away, because I was still busy. And um, at one point, I got a um, a note that said, we're going to lunch at uh, 1 o'clock. And I said, okay, I'll meet you. I figured we'd be done by then. And at noon, all of the judges said, we're going to lunch, Sue. Do you want to go? And I'm thinking, I'm not going to say no, and I'm not going to hang around until one, because I'm not going to be the one judge that goes by there, who's, you know, breaks everything up. So I said, yep, sure. And I we went and came back. I was there in the contest room until 7.30 that night. And um, Ken May, the gentleman who was running the contest, was having an awful time with the computer. And because I had an entry, um, I was doing other things. And at one point he said, Sue, do you know anything about computers? And I said, yeah. He said, have you ever worked with, Excel And I said, yes. He said, well, then get over here. And I'm thinking, this is getting way beyond being somebody who's supposed to be here with a pad and a pencil (laughs) and looking at, you know, taking notes on how to judge and what they're looking for. So I went over and I said, "Uh, yeah, Ken, what's going on? And he goes, "Uh, you read me these numbers. So I spent, I don't know, and this was about four o'clock when that started. So three hours later, I'm still reading him numbers. And at one point I got up to get a, a drink of water and I turned around and he's got his head down on the keyboard and he's just kind of writhing. And the look <laughs> on my face must be something else because somebody took a picture of it. <laughs> and the next night at the award ceremony, up on this big screen, is the picture of Bob with his, or Ken rather, excuse me, with his hands, his head in his hands, just shaking his head. And my mouth was probably on the floor. And I'm, this eye saucer big because I had no idea what this, I didn't know what this man was stroking out or whatever. <laughs> and this room was absolutely in hysterics. And they all wanted to know who the girl was that had dro- driven him to. And I had to get up and explain what had happened. So that was about the funniest thing
0: that had happened. That's pretty funny. The
3: whole
2: thing. And then I was informed that at the next convention I was supposed to be judging again.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> well, that's so, great. But that's good though. I mean, it's 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 a funny story, but it. it oh yeah, and...
2: it was a. It was a positive thing, but. Yeah,
0: it's positive. And I've
2: also man Pictures also managed to make it into the regional. Um, Magazine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, that's even funnier. He got a lot of exposure for that photo.
3: Yeah.
2: So.
0: All right. But, uh, I, have, I think just. Oh no! Go for being
2: it. Being
0: accepted. Go ahead. I was. You can. You can. Uh. What were you gonna finish up with that?
2: Oh, I was just gonna say. I think being um, accepted, having people. Um, there's, there really hasn't been challenges. The, right. the most rewarding thing about the whole thing is is being accepted, yeah. having people, when I go into clinics, sit down and ask a question, they're not looking at me to to look over and go, what it's, was it your husband wanted to ask exactly. or anything like it's that? Almost it's almost like a non-issue ask-
0: in a way. Right. Like it's 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 something no. that, you know, I think a lot of us, would love we, we love the fact that it's not like that and it's become it seems like for you and a few other people like um we we had uh, Eds Camilla on our show too it's it's not even an issue uh no one no one even bats an eye so it's really cool that it's not even ever been a thing that there's a oh. uh, you know female male or present so. Um, I'm gonna transition into the last question and then, uh, my dad and I will do some wrap up stuff. But this one is from Jake Johnson and you kind of hint, you kind of hit on it earlier, Sue. So if you want to kind of just, um, uh, maybe transition it into your current day inspirations too, that would be fine. But Jake Johnson is asking to please share your artistic insights and inspirations with us. Tell us what you see in real life and how you replicate that in your models. So I know you're, uh, you talked about um, your early inspirations as a, you know, child growing up and being exposed to seeing things in detail, whether it's in nature or when you're out. But what do you use today for your current inspiration? And what do you kind of take things from in, in your modeling today?
2: Um, I mean, for me as a kid, again, it was looking at nature and I still do that, but I'm looking at, at because well, for backdrop, obviously, I look at the sky, but I've already painted Gary's backdrop, so that's not such a thing anymore. But um, to be doing things on a layout, we have a lot of stone walls around us, and um, I don't go anywhere without a camera. I used to re- rely on my memory, but... um I realize that that plays tricks on me. So, and it does on everybody. Um, so if I see a building that the paint job is interesting, or there's windows that are interesting, a roof that's rusted in a different way, or I'm constantly looking at those kinds of things. Um, a, a, a bridge, um, that's a stonework, um, I, I will, I will literally stop the car, turn it around, back it up, whatever. If there's something that catches my eye, and but I'm always, always looking. Um, yes, I do drive a car, and I do it safely, but I do notice things like an interesting building, an old dilapidated thing. Um, they're just starting to. I didn't even know the building was there. There's an old house that's up on a hill that they've just cleared all the land around, and they're going to tear the house down. Well, tomorrow, it's actually on my list of things to do, is to go take a hike up there and take some pictures of that old house. It's (laughs) spectacular. There's holes in the roof. There's moss on the There It's cedar shakes that are on the roof, and there's all different colors of moss on it. The windows are all out of it, but it's just got so much character. It's just to take some pictures of it because who knows whether it's going to be a scratch-built building or it's going to be a replicated roof or...
0: Or even just a small detail that you'll use. Right.
2: Um, I have probably 45 to 50 pictures of one barn because there was rusting on the the tin on the roof. There was tar paper on the roof. There were broken out windows. There was um, one of the sliding barn doors that was kind of falling off. There was just so much going on on that building that it was not something you could take a picture of just the building. You, It was something of, I have to get
3: the, the details. way
2: that is. I have to see that window and the way that the The lights of that window are broken and so on. And I just kept taking pictures and taking pictures. And I was amazed at how many pictures I had of that one building. Those are the things that I am constantly looking for and trying to capture. And in one hard drive, I have 96,000 photographs
0: oh my and word that is insane but it's a library for you to use as a photo reference though. So.
2: I did honestly take some time it took me about three days but I did finally get them all into folders to say that sounds like a long three days
3: a long three days that had to be
2: it was but it to be able to put it into some kind of a folder that I could say right. oh I want to look in trees or whatever because right. right. otherwise I would build myself trying to go through them
1: and we've done that too. We've stopped, and uh, Lisa and I have driven along, and and we stopped at places, and uh, you know, definitely looked at you know buildings and took photos of them. And and um, there's a couple builds that I plan to build of actual um, uh, we'll prototype buildings of historic buildings and things that I'm going to actually build uh, or scratch build um, uh, be off of photographs that I found simply, like you said, it fascinated us, and we had to stop the car and get out and take some shots.
2: So. Right. Well, you and and you even asked about scratch building. The little tiny garage that was on that diorama at Timonium yes. was at, at my grandfather's
1: and my oh. dad's
2: gas station. Um, and that was, when I went back to take pictures of it, they had just torn it down. But... A lot of it was memory, but I had a few pictures of it. So, sure. um,
0: well, and that makes it much more special. Of,
2: right. Uh, that's the kind of thing I really do look at is it's everything around me. I'm constantly looking. Um, I just was going through my phone, uh, yesterday and I've got pictures of cracks in a sidewalk in the city, um, <laughs> with grass growing up in them.
1: Oh boy! <laughs>
2: it's it's it's
1: it's you know. I did that down Jake? in Alexandria, Virginia. I was down there two years ago, and we were just walking along, and we came across a section down an alleyway between these two buildings. I think one was a restaurant. We were going to dinner, and I was like, "Oh my!" It was it was cobblestone. And it had the grass coming up between the cobblestone and some of the chunks of the mortar were out of it, you know, or the, you know, whatever holds the cobblestone together. And, and yeah. it it was old now. It was, you know, it's a historic town, but it was fascinating to see. It was a, it was a section of alleyway that normally the tourist area would not see. You know, it was just a part of their everyday life in Alexandria. And I was like, Oh man, I, I got to take this shot, you know, and I have it and I've used it to paint some cobblestone that Jimmy Dignan sells at railroad kits, uh, to get right. that same kind of look. And, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's isn't that cool. How you dig back on that one little piece. It wasn't, uh, it's not a building. It's, it's just one little small piece of your puzzle, you know?
2: Right. And then the, th- the nice thing now is we've got people like Martin Wahlberg, who's doing spectacular, um, Uh, landscaping detailing that we can take those little tiny details and really work with his product to replicate what we're seeing. Yeah. Because some of the other stuff was too clumpy, was too soft, was too spiky, and his stuff is now just really hitting the mark.
1: He's got some beautiful stuff. There's a couple things he has that are a little – Big in scale, but they're, they're, yeah. they're, you're not going to really match it for detail because it's – I mean, it's it's awesome detail. Um, and you know what? We mentioned this before is uh, many – a couple – twice now, but I'll bring it up again. You know, when we were up there visiting George's layout, did you know there's not a single piece of, of uh, uh, static grass or any fancy greenery yep. or foliage? Uh, but it is – it is all ground foam and it's gorgeous. Nobody even yep. thinks about it until you, you know, and you're like, wow, I, you know, he, he used all, he made that look awesome. Probably the best layout in my opinion, the best layout I've seen. And he made that look like that by using ground foam. And it's amazing. Yep. yep. So. Uh, insane.
2: So. Everything that's around me I've always got my eyes open for
0: nice, yep, well, I think that I always, think that's that's a good that's little a big mm-hmm. I was gonna say that's a good lesson for everybody to kind of take <laughs> take away from where if you're out, just take pictures everyone's got a camera phone now, so just yep. you know if you don't have a camera phone I don't know it's, I don't know what kind of phone you have now because every it, it's almost like they build phones as cameras now that just call people. So uh,
1: it's a big message that you sent, there with that, Sue, because right. I think that's what every take good pictures. modeler is going to want to do. That, yeah, take
0: pictures, make a library of pictures. Um, you know, make it, make your own library of references. So if you're trying to model your hometown or you're trying to model whatever it is, try and find as many photos as you can of it, and just use that as a reference.
2: Absolutely, and I mean, both my brother and my husband were people who got in a car or went on a hike and their eyes were either straight ahead or down and didn't yeah. look at any. And it amazes me now that I'm riding around or walking with my husband. And he goes, Oh man, did you see, look at that rock? Do you see the color of the moss on that rock? And model railroading has done that for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And
2: the same thing with my brother, that they're finally looking at something other than straight ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome and opens the world up for all of us to look at look at look at everything with a different perspective and um hey one of the questions i have for you one more question for you yeah
0: we're going to um, we'll, we'll wrap up with yeah. um a couple questions here from my dad here
1: yeah well i have just mainly one question okay go for it yeah you know, you go to all the you know we talked about the expos and the shows and you know going to uh, uh to um uh springfield and and uh, you you know a lot of the the people in the manufacturing end of it, and the the the, the people that give the clinics. And who, what what people in this hobby give you inspiration? Uh, who have given you the most inspiration?
2: Mm, give me sack. Well,
1: I mean, George, we all have our favorites, right? Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, George is like mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his is just do it. If you see, if you want to do it, try it. Yeah. Because his is always changing, which I never realized. Um, but I think, um, Bill Avenat,
3: mm-hmm.
2: who was the first one to really recognize because he's still, Banging on me. He's the one who, when they first asked me to do a clinic for the regional mm-hmm. um, convention, and I said something to him about it, he goes, Oh, what's your topic? How are you going to do it? Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, it was like there was no question that I was going to do it.
1: Right.
2: You know, so he's always inspired me to just do it.
3: That's if somebody
2: awesome. asks you to do it, do it yep. um, um, Ken May, who I've only um just met, though spending that day with him, he was another one that was okay, um after today, I want you to write me a letter because I'm gonna put you in for a certificate for author. I'm gonna put you in for a certificate, you know, and it was like, wait a minute, he goes. Look what you did today. Yeah. And he said, I want you to write an article and submit it to NMRA for Women in Modeling. So it's going to take about a year before it gets in there, but he said, I want (laughs) you to write the article. Oh, that's great. So, you know, having... There just seems to be somebody I keep bumping into or just meeting Mm
3: -hmm.
2: who is encouraging me to keep going. And I keep thinking... How old I am, people? (laughs) They go, I don't care. Just do it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Right. So there's a lot of you guys are in first.
0: Well, thanks. (laughs) You know, I mean,
2: just it—it really is. There's every, you
0: know. Everyone yeah, keeps each other going. I think that's the thing: is we, everyone finds encouragement in everybody else. So, right, we you know, all, you know, we, are, I think we, we all feed off We each other. find each other encouraging. We, my dad and I, find, feed off each other. We feed off of you and and all of our other listeners that we that we all follow, and they feed off of us, and they feed off of all the other people. And it's kind of a big community as we kind of.
1: And I don't care how big or good, of, you know. There's obviously, there's modelers with more skill, and you know we know who they are, right? And but no, even even the your top notch modelers feed off of other modelers,
0: right? Well, and we ideas even,
1: and thoughts, and they learn from it. We are always learning. Yeah, I think I the best think, thing from about each other.
0: the best thing about it is you know sometimes we've had we've had we've had i am just pick on Jason again because we picked on Jason Mm -hmm. plenty this episode. Jason will admit (laughs) – Jason will be the first one to tell you he saw something from someone else that was like super cool and something really neat that he he saw someone else doing and he took that from them and is using it for himself. And he's going to build upon that skill or build upon that new technique. So it's – it is – it just keeps continuing to compile and build upon each other's talent. So that's what makes it – that's what makes it awesome.
1: It's not by coincidence – that I didn't that I asked you uh, how you got your peeling paint effect. So, because I'm going to try the damn thing. But, good. Because um, it was a am ba- I'm, I'm, no. not, I'm not kidding you. I've seen a lot of good milers out there. We've named a bunch of them tonight that don't make their peeled paint effect look as good as what you put out there. It was the best peeled paint effect I've seen. And, um, Thank uh, you very much for that, God. Yep. Was, <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> uh, Oh Anytime. my gosh! Well, We've yeah, been we're on for two hours, over two hours. I know. This is a oh, crazy wow. <laughs> long one.
0: I know. Yeah, I didn't told you... You I like to talk. <laughs> What's that, Sue?
2: I said I told you I like to talk, and when it comes to this, I really like to talk.
1: Hey. well, we're gonna we're gonna definitely get you on again, Sue, because we love this kind of perspective, definitely. and and um, I think it's gonna be important to do that. I think maybe we'll get you on. Maybe we're going to have Lisa on at some point, uh, as a new beginner modeler, um, cool. talk to, uh, we, uh, you know, we're working on that and maybe we can have the two of you on together. That'd be kind of fun. So, um, sure. I think that'd be a good time. So yes. Um, I had a great time tonight with you. Um, Brett, did you have more, any more questions for no, sure? That
0: was all of our questions that wraps up, uh, all the yeah. questions
1: too. So we're going to do some other things. And, uh, I think we're about, we're about exhausted <laughs> here with this, and uh, <laughs> I got thing you now. Passed, you just passed some of the. Uh, it wasn't the longest, but it was damn close to the longest. Right. And uh, <laughs> but uh, and, and that's okay. You passed Dave Frary, and Dave Frary had us going forever. Um, but um, yeah, this is a good one. This is a great. It we, was awesome to have you on. Definitely. I look forward. To, are we gonna see you at Timonium at the uh, in the, uh, in, the uh, in the fall? Yes. All awesome. right. Cool. All right. What about the expo? We we'll, since we get some details on the damn expo. We'll get expo. more information on it. Oh, hey, Better.
2: expo, anything that um, I can get together with you guys and uh, with the uh, the rest of the crowd, yeah. yes. Right. yeah. Uh, go cool. that, and uh, hopefully uh, we're going to go up and see George again. So. Yes. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yes, that too. So, uh, I we're going to see, my... see you a couple times probably this year. That would be
0: great. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Now,
1: you this has a... been a
2: lot of fun. I really appreciate your uh, thinking of me to do this.
0: No, we appreciate you coming on and spending time with us this evening. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and give
1: because Gary our to... best. <laughs> I will definitely thank do you. That. Give Gary a big hug for me. Yeah, you.
0: thanks to Gary for letting us uh, <laughs> borrow you for two hours.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I will do that. I have a feeling he's probably asleep in his recline. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, awesome. Well, thank you again, Sue.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Take care. Have a good night. Good night. Um, You too.